Todd? I I play covers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all play covers. But do you uh, like when a band goes out and records a favorite song of yours and goes out and re- re- you know records it and puts it on their album? Do you like that? Um, I know Van Halen did it in their Diver, Dow- Diver oh. Down album. Well, they had that on almost every album. Yeah, like Dancing in the Streets was one of them. Uh, Pretty Woman was another one from Roy Orbison. They did... Uh, I'm sure there was a couple other ones on there that I don't I don't recall at the moment. This is going to be a perfect segue for the Van Halen thing I wanted to do. Okay. Because they do covers. Yeah. Yeah, they did covers. Um Yeah. I I, I Diver I had, Down was a lot of covers. It was like half covers, I think. That almost half covers. Yeah. I think they did uh I don't think they did did they do Addicted to Love like in a show. They might have. Because I know, I, I used to have the uh, the VHS tape, it's called Live Without a Net. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it showed them leave, backstage. Leave Annette out of this. Annette was a very nice girl. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but in the back, backstage when they were warming up, they would do a couple tunes. Oh, right? yeah. And I think Addicted to Love was one of them, I yep. believe. And you can hear them kind of jamming out, just kind of warming up before they go out on the stage. But I'm trying uh, to find an old, uh, there's a few live albums on here. Thought maybe I could find. No, I can't. Anyway, um, so for covers, mm-hmm. there's some I, I I really don't like, and there's some that I really do like. Okay, you name uh, a couple. All right. Um, I'm gonna have to find this one. Now, are, are these are these covers to soundtracks that have been redone? Or are these just strictly? Well, sometimes been they're on soundtracks, but sometimes they throw them on albums. You know, someone, oh, I used to grow up with this song, and I'm going to do this song now, and then they just do a a weak rendition of that song. They're not changing it. They're basically doing it the same way, except the vocals maybe not as good. They took out the guitars and replaced the guitars with keyboards. I've seen a lot of those on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thunderstruck with the accordion and... Yeah, yeah, things just, like just, like that's yeah. interesting. Those are interesting. I'll, I'll They're give very it that. interesting to watch. Yes. Um, my, my my my. What was the name of that that show that they had where they were? It was all singing going on, and they were redoing a bunch of old tunes. Cover me, Canada. No, no, no. <laughs> no this was an actual. This was a primetime show. Okay, th- uh, can I give you an example of a horrible, which might sure. fit into this? Okay. This is my number one. Worst or Worst. best? Worst? Yeah. Okay. You like the original, but you don't like this one. I, I The original's okay. Not necessarily a big fan of the original song. I like Brian Adams, I do. Yeah. But that song, it's like, he did a lot, so many ballads, they, they're kind of lost on me. Yeah. It's a good song, but he put heart and soul into a song. He's talking about... Whatever the words are about, I don't know. But he's he's got emotion coming through, and then someone takes that song, takes strips the emotion out of it, and just covers it. That's what it feels like to me. A lot of covers are that way, just techno. It, it sounds like something they'd have at a at a rave or something. Yeah, yeah. They just... But it's not very good. Like, uh... this one is like the. Maybe this is one. Uh, 
That's not this thing. <laughs> uh, oh, I wish I knew what the name of that show was. God damn it. Oh, I saved it somewhere else. Um, here you think of one while they try to find this damn thing. For covers? Mm-hmm. A good one or a bad one. I'll take either or. You know what? I never really... Um... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Come on, open. Come on. <laughs> Come on. The hamster wheel's turning very slowly. Okay, <laughs> this is my second most hated cover. Come on. Do you remember the name of that, that show? The Voice or one no, of those shows? No, no, it wasn't The Voice. It was a sh it was a show and it would, you know, they they'd they do the show but then after, you know they'd start singing in it. Yeah. But they would they would sing actual oh, songs. Oh, Glee. Glee. That's oh. the one. That was the first time I heard songs that were being redone. And I'm like, oh. holy crap. I'm like, oh, yeah, the original ones are, I, I like them better. But, you know, the, the younger generation, they go, oh, this tune is awesome. It says, oh, have you ever heard the original? They go, original? They don't know that this is, no. a, this is a cover. Okay, this, They did them well, but, I mean. Because I, I, they stripped everything out of the song, and it just became cabaret instead of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, the singing is great. The arrangement is great. The sound is great. I don't like them using that soon. That tune. no, no, it just doesn't. What's wrong with the original? That's what I feel like when you're doing a cover. You're saying, you know what? The original artist didn't really do it justice. I'm gonna. I think I can do it better than they could. Or a different spin. Well, but like a different spin is different. But if you're watching The Voice or one of those things, what they do is they always try to say, "Well, you, you took the song and you made it your own." Okay, so that's fine. That's what they've done, but not everyone's gonna like it. No, and when you know the original song, and you listen to it, it's like, eh, it's like a watered down version. Yes, to our ears, anyway. I wonder if I can find this here. Um, the, the when they do that, there was another version too. There was a heart song. I think it was. <sighs> but also, Glee, when they were doing these tunes, they actually brought these tunes back yeah. because the they original made the originals ones, popular. Yeah, again. they made the original ones popular again. Um, not if I can find. Now, when it comes to, you know, remakes, uh, there's, there's, there's tons of, mo of them out there. I mean, Brian Adams is actually uh, a writer. Right? From what I remember was he actually wrote music and sold it to people. Correct. Until his career. And then he did his career. And then he decided to start singing his own tunes, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, because he did a couple of tunes for Kiss on Creatures of the Night. Yeah. He did War Machine. Don't don't don't. Well, I'm a war machine. Or whatever. I don't know. Listen to this Definitely. cover. Okay. You did the same thing like this, but sang it in French. But not just regular French. Shuck. Okay, here's another one off this album.
It's definitely not her. I'll show you who this is. No. Um, Someone I know? This is the lady that wrote the song Beautiful for uh, Christina Aguilera. Okay, so this is someone who's mainstream. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Terms of covers, right? Right. Theoretically, you get Beyonce, Whitney Houston. You have all those like R&B singers. Yep. They have a songwriting team come in. Write a song for them and they sing it. Right. Theoretically, is that not a cover? Because they didn't write the song. When you're performing someone else's song, theoretically, is that not a cover? Yeah, but it, not not if it wasn't published previously by another artist. Fine line, though, right? Well, because well, I would say most artists don't usually write their own music. I mean, a lot of them do, but there's a lot that don't. But and then it's almost like like. I find it weird when, so, uh, Britney Spears doesn't write any of her own music. None, none whatsoever, right? So she has a song, Baby Hit Me One More Time. Right. She has a song. Someone wrote a song for her that she performed called Baby Hit Me One More Time. Puts it out, and someone covers that song. And they say they're covering the Britney Spears song. Is that accurate? Or there, is it more, we're covering the song written by Joe, Bill, and Ted? Um... That's a good question because the writers are the ones who make the money, not really the artists, right? So they're they're kind of the no. The writers make the money. Yeah, the writers make the money. Yeah. So they're they're kind of the rich and famous people who are kind of in the background who don't have all the notoriety and popularity, and then they have to have a, live in a gated community and you know the whole thing because they're not the face of the song. They've got someone else to do that, right? Yeah. So when it comes to having someone else do the song. I would assume that royalties from that song wouldn't be going to, say, Spears, for example. It would still go back to the, the songwriters. Yeah, because they own the publishing. Right. Now, one of the, the fancy things that a lot of singers do that don't write their own music is they somehow get a writing credit on something so they can get publishing. Even though they may not have written anything, they're just performing the song, really, which is what they're doing. Max Martin wrote Baby Hit Me One More Time, by the way. Well, when you so, sell so many records... Max Martin wrote a song... Right. That anybody could have sang, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but some people say, well, if someone other than Britney Spears had done the song, it wouldn't have been big. Potentially. Potentially. But Max Martin wrote a song that captured the imagination of everyone. So Britney Spears did a cover of the song that he wrote, because he did perform that song somewhere, maybe not publicly, but he had to write the song, mm-hmm. record the song, right. give it to Britney Spears. Britney Spears goes, okay, then they just... Go back in the studio, get new musicians to perform the music because he probably recorded with a drum, you know, a, a drum uh, program, drum beat. Maybe it was just piano or something. But it wasn't published. But it wasn't published, no. So, I mean, in a way, you're covering that song. Well, I mean, you have to write the song to be able to give it to someone to perform. So, I mean, you have to have some sort of. Uh, baseline of of here's the song this is the premise this is how it should sound here you go but it's, it hasn't been released i i can't see that as being a, a cover re-released because it's not it hasn't been really published yet here is my third most hated cover of all time okay because i actually really like the original now is this another woman singing 
Okay. And as a teaser, mm-hmm. when the song was released, it was the number one song all over the world. Right. This version of the song. Okay. Before you, before, okay. The original was the number one as well. Okay. But this song redefined this artist. And she complained the whole time, I didn't make a red cent off the song. And my argument was, yeah, you didn't write it. Right. But when you play this song live, you sell more concert tickets because you're doing this song. That's where you make the money. Shut up about making money off of the song. Someone wrote an amazing song and they should reap the profits of that song, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, they call it intellectual property. Or yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Uh, okay. Now I was going to ask you. Now, songs that are written by whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's, if it's done by a male and redone by a female, do you find it loses something at all? Like say if it was originally written and sang by a woman and then redone and sang by a guy. Do you think that makes a big difference because of the tonal difference in the range? Mind you, no, guys I, I have think, a higher I, range I think sometimes. It's, I think it's inter- I just think I think it's interesting, but if it's because the ones you've sh- the ones you've showed me so far were actually sang by guys. Okay, and then then you've got these little squeaky voices singing it after. Yeah, <laughs> trying to redo them. This one is a girl, girl on girl. Okay, so this was a that way, but it no. was originally sang by a girl and redone by a girl. Yeah. Okay. Let's or a woman. Sorry. Okay. Let's be politically correct. Well, here. female. Female. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Okay. Because but, they're very, they're both very. Uh, Whitney had a very real emotional connection to the songs when she sang them. Kind of yes. like Christina Aguilera when I first heard her, I was like, "Who the hell is this?" Yeah. And she had such a growl. I originally thought yeah, she was. I liked her growl. She was. Um, African-American, I guess. Say, yeah. Right? Just just by the soul that she had when she sang it. Because us white people don't have a lot of soul. Yeah, but but yeah, she just grabbed a hold of it and was like, holy crap, and it just reached down inside you and you could just feel it. Yeah. And the same with Whitney. She's she's the same same way. But after you've heard the song so many times, when you hear a Dolly Parton sing it, you can tell it's a country-ish yeah. thing. Uh, her voice is distinctive. Maybe not as polished, yeah, but very but, distinctive. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dolly Parton was an anomaly in country music, and how was she an anomaly? She wrote her own songs. She actually played guitar. She was a musician, right? And she wrote her own songs. Country music back then is no, 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 no. You don't write songs. Nashville writes songs, and we give them to you. That's how it was meant to work. Okay. And she, tough, tough freaking lady. They to, have to be. To do what, you know, to have the career she had, to write her own music, to make a butt-ton of money on this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was from the soundtrack to The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> okay. Her and Burt Reynolds. So, and there's a scene in the movie where she, I, if I recall, and I haven't seen this since I was really young, but it was an emotional scene, mm-hmm. despite the title of the movie, right. where I think she's she's either singing to Burt Reynolds, but he's left the room or something, and she's singing. And it's a song of longing. And it's a really sad scene. And I remember, I was young, I saw the scene in the movie, and I cried. Yeah. Because of her delivery. Wow. And the, that she actually wrote the song. I don't. I, I don't think I remember, I don't know if I watched that. 
It was good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Or it had scenes of goodness. I just remember that scene, and I remember crying because mm-hmm. it was so real. Right. Anyway. Yeah. How about some good covers? You ready for some good covers? <sighs> good covers. But I just wanted I, I just wanted to look like show the spectrum like this is crap. This is what this is the low level of covers cuz everybody does covers and everybody's oh I just love this song I'm just going to do a cover of it. You can go go ahead and do it live as a tribute, but if you're going to record it, it sounds exactly the same. You're not adding anything, you're not changing anything. If anything, you're actually making it sound worse than the original. Right. I, I, I don't think you should. I mean, if you're a cover band playing, it's different. But if you're actually going to put this song on your album, right, and it's note for note the same, maybe your guitar player is not as good as Eddie, mm-hmm. or uh, as, as good as um, you know the original guitar player, and the singer's not as good, and then you're doing a cover, it just seems like you're just cashing a paycheck. I'm going to get somebody to buy this album because we did a cover of Van Halen, or we did a cover of Led Zeppelin, or right, but or that Gordon Lightfoot thing, like. So when I, I found this really good song that people forgot about because it's two generations ago, I'm just going to redo the song. They're going to think it's mine, and I'm going to sell some records. You know, it just it just seems pandering. <laughs> well, after about twenty, thirty years, I mean, the young people who are listening to it don't know, maybe have never heard the original. Well, exactly, because if it was a B side tune, it's not something that would have been on the radio as much, so there would have been a lot less airplay on it. Now, Dolly probably cashed in big time since she's the one who wrote that song. Oh, she made a ton of money off that. And uh, Whitney Houston, I know, just blew it up. The house that Whitney built. <laughs> well, oh, the, the, one of the biggest hits of Celine Dion's career was a song that was written by Dee Snyder. Really? He wrote a Christmas song for his wife. His <laughs> wife always wanted to write a Christmas song, so he wrote a Christmas song. Right. And that song got in the hands of someone who handles Celine right. Dion, and she recorded the song. Wow. When it's a Christmas song. It's a Christmas song. And it's a Christmas song that's always played now. It's like one, you know, it cracked. Because all the original traditional Christmas songs, right. everyone covers them like a thousand times. Rudolph the But this was reindeer. one that was written in like the <laughs> 90s or whatever it was. Okay. And actually became a new Christmas song staple. Really? And he said, I bought a house. I bought a mansion with that, with the royalties. Wow. Yeah. What tune is that? Um, you going to play it? Sure. We can do that. Yeah. yeah. Christmas in, in, was it August? (laughs) Which Christmas? You know what's really interesting, too, is he doesn't play any instruments, Dee Snyder. Wait, no. But he writes all the songs. So how how does he do that? I always wonder, how do you do that? And I actually found out. You, I guess you need to know music theory. You know what he did? He used like a four track. Right. And he go, boom, 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 boom. Okay, that's the one track. Number two track. Okay, next track. That's how he did it. Wow. He did vocally all the instruments. Acapella. Can you see that? Hey, now there's an interesting band. Okay, like the Nylons or whatever. Like, oh, know, yeah. They're doing the yes. boom, boom, yeah, yeah. Now, now, if you had people with the correct effects, you know, in the microphone playing, you could do uh, the bass, the drums. Yeah. I mean, the guy from Police Academy, I oh can't remember God. his name. Like, he can do Michael Hendrix with yeah. his electric guitar just yeah. with his mouth. So you could have a whole band do that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, they got people doing beats and stuff with just the microphone with their voice. Why not just 
instead of doing a rap beat or you know whatever beat that they do when they're when they're doing that type of thing doing an actual drum type of correct type of beat <laughs> yeah you do too much you're not superman you know <laughs> i don't know look out it comes it's in here somewhere that one yeah um okay so here's the song that Christmas, Christmas tune. That is he gonna, Snyder it, from Twisted Sister. Doesn't like for, little jingle bells going on in the background I think so, while yeah. it starts. The interesting thing was he doesn't. He's unable to sing softly, so he actually had to hire a singer. So he sang it all. Here's the man, like whatever. Right. And he gets the singer. Okay, but sing that gently. gently. Yeah, <laughs> he got a singer, and then he recorded it when the studio recorded it with that whoever he found to sing it, and then gave it to his wife as a gift. You know, it would be awesome to hear. The original one that he recorded that he gave them. Oh my God! If you could find all these read, all these ones that people have written and have given to the artists, of course they had to give them. I'm I'm sure they gave them some audio. It wasn't just written on paper. It would be interesting to hear those actual. I'm trying to see if they had it here, but uh, I guess they don't. Performed by Dean Snyder. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Um. Okay, so good covers here. Um, now, could you see Santa Claus, him dressed up as Santa Claus in his Twisted Sister uniform? <laughs> That'd be cool. Come on. Okay, this, okay this, this is probably your favorite cover of all time. My favorite? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to go, oh, yeah. We've talked about this before. We've actually played, jammed it before as well. Oh. Uh... What era? 90s, 80s? Um, okay, now that's a cover. That's yeah. a proper cover. Yeah, that's a proper that's cover. That's paying reverence to the original. Yeah. Changing it enough so it's yours. Right. But that's like, I love this song. This song means a lot to me. And then playing this, yeah, it obviously means a fucking lot to you. Yeah. Like, it comes out, right? Well, it's the feeling thing. It's yeah. like it's like that one that you showed me where the girls singing. It's like they took the soul right out of the song. Yeah, exactly. They just said, "Okay, just sing this song. We're gonna have yep. a beat in the background." Yeah, not a feeling song. It's like blues. Like it's, it, there's more feel into it than there is notes, right? Yeah. Because you can take a note and play it for five minutes, but you can play it in so many different ways. Yes, and you exactly. You pick it softly. You can kind of scrape beside it. You can add a little bit of tremolo to it. You can you know do wild things. Just. On one note, like and when, just the feeling that comes out. When of it. we did Folsom Prison Blues mm-hmm. in uh, Classic Embers, and we each verse was a different style of blues. I, I haven't found a good version of that anywhere that that we recorded, but we do one that was like traditional blues. Yeah. Then we did, you know, the traditional Johnny Cash, and then we do another <laughs> one that was like more hard rock. Like that was fun. Okay, this is a this now this is this surprises me. this surprised me when I saw this. Okay. So this is surprise you in what, uh, in what way? So this is a cover of a sto- of a Temple of the Dog song. It's a live rendition, so it wasn't it wasn't recorded. But um, when Chris Cornell passed away, mm-hmm. they had Temple of the Dog reunite, which was Pearl Jam, the Pearl Jam band right. with Matt Cameron on drums, who was the drummer for Soundgarden, but he's now the drummer for uh, Pearl Jam. Okay. So that was, and it was them and Chris Cornell singing. That was Temple of the Dog. And it was a tribute album that was put together for Andrew Wood, who had died of a heroin overdose. He was a good friends. He was the singer for Mother Love Bone. Okay. And he was also the roommate to Chris Cornell. And when he passed away, 
the whole Seattle scene. He was, he was, that was the first death I think in the Seattle scene that impacted everybody, at least within the scene. Right. So he, they did a whole album dedicated to him. Wow. So the band was called Temple of the Dog. They did one album. They never toured. They never did anything. They toured later, but it was just, we, they had to get their grief out somehow. And right. they wrote this album. So this song is called Say Hello to Heaven, and it was covered at a tribute show. So this this is they they redid the original. This isn't the original. This isn't the original. Okay. Are okay, you ready? Yeah. Let's see if you can figure out who's singing. Okay. Well, That's good. So the, the so that song, the original one, was written by him. Yeah, Chris Cornell tune. Here, I'll put it on real quick. It sounds kind of familiar. Temple of the Dog. Uh, but the stuff that he does with the acoustic. What, what's the name of that? The Tenacious D. Yeah, Tenacious D. I've, I've listened to it, and it's like, eh, you know what? It's not my type of type of stuff. But, I mean, School of Rock, when he was playing in that, and he was oh, singing. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he's a very talented guy. And this here, actually, he did very well. Yeah, he's... Um, so he's, this is one that you like? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. It's so good. Um, But it's not that far away from the original, so that's that's probably what makes it... But there's like. definitely a lot of passion in there. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Well, if you've ever seen him acting, he's very passionate when, oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> when he's on screen. So it's not too far of a stretch. All right, here we go. Another cover. Very similar to that one. Okay. Mm, Sunday morning. <laughs> Do you know Faith No More? Uh, yes, I've heard the name. Uh, if I heard one of their tunes, I'd probably go, okay, yeah, I know who that is. Uh, be this obviously wasn't the whole band playing he was sitting in right no that's that's actually faith no more band playing as well like playing the horn section and everything or obviously this is a keyboard player right no it's a full band man okay well then they had a backup <laughs> no like that's actually them playing because their background the band's background is more along the lines of that oh like okay. they that's their They're style. really, really well-rounded. Okay, so they've... It wasn't much effort for them to have to play. Them. This is what they would sound like. Okay. Well... This is my... Uh, I, I I feel this is the greatest singer of all time. Really? Because he can do anything. Tonally, he can do anything. Stylistically, he can do anything from rap to metal singing to rah, 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 like just scream, screamo shit. It was a chameleon. To the right. Commodores. Yeah. To blues. To jazz. He even does opera-ish stuff. He did a, he did an Italian opera. Wow. He can do anything. And he sounds better now than he did back then. He's like a Sebastian Bach type thing. Oh, he's even better than him by, by far. What else do we got here? Uh... I've been watching the trailer park boys again. Me too. Right from the beginning. Oh, from the beginning. <laughs> right from the beginning. I'm actually trying to get caught up on the on the latest season. I'm on the season. I think the last season of Leahy. Oh, Okay. Uh, which is did can be sad. Did you watch the cartoon yet? No. Okay. Nope. Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Well, they do stuff that they obviously can't do. You know, like they'll show clips of, like Family Guy. Like they'll show stuff that you would not normally be able to see, to pull it off live. Too. Oh sure, yeah. sure. Um, I'm going to play 
another Zeppelin cover, but done differently. There we go. Not redone by heart. No, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know way more of these tunes than I do. Yep. Uh, why can't I find it? Zohan. Oh, I guess it's on this album. Oh, what the hell? No, no, no. Okay, so this band is called Dread Zeppelin. Their whole shtick was... I've heard of Dread Zeppelin. Yes. It's the guitar player. I think it's the guitar player. Or maybe it's the uh, the percussion guy. His name is Ed Zeppelin. <laughs> the singer, his name is Tortelvis. Oh, God. And they do reggae versions with a Elvis impersonator of Led Zeppelin. Wow. They've... <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's like a recipe. Oh, let's throw this and this and this in. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> the, uh, when this album came out, I think he'd passed away. And it came, the, the CD, it which just, I bought, came with the video for the song. Right. And the video was... It just made it that much more real. Oh, God. The video would be... I, I can't watch it without... We were watching... I was watching clips of uh, the Tragically Hip, the last tour. Oh, God. Tour. I was watching that, too. Oh, my God. Really, I had a really hard time watching that. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. So you want to hear the real version? The yeah. original? Sure. Now the guy I work with, Matt, he likes the original version. Oh. And he hates the cover. Really? Yeah. This is the original. Yeah. There's a lot of music that I listen to. If it's really some of it'll just grab you and you don't know why. Yeah. But it'll just Is that one of those then? That's one of them. Yeah. Well, this is the guy that made Marilyn Manson huge. He actually, oh, okay. Marilyn Manson's great, <laughs> big, Marilyn Manson's big album. Okay, like he was kind of like, kind of getting. It wasn't getting big, getting big, but his Antichrist Superstar album, which went multi platinum, right? Be, that had beautiful people on it. Whatever. This guy, Trent Reznor, produced the album, which is why I think the album's so good. Wow, yeah, because it's. It's got that eerie yeah. Halloween esque type. Of he uses ninety nine tracks, ninety nine plus tracks on every song. Okay, just, just layers. The of depth just, yeah. is just incredible. Like Steve Vai, uh, Passion and Warfare. When I listen to that, sometimes I get really choked up on some of the oh. songs because it just yeah. it just resonates. Yeah, it's just so emotional. Yeah, this is what I've been listening to this guy nonstop for the last like two or three weeks now. I I, I wrote him off as an, as a nobody. He didn't stick out. Just kind of blended in with everyone else. Uh, where is it here? <gasps> it's not on here. I mean, there's a lot of studio musicians out there that that have have played on music that's been very popular, but we've probably never heard of them. Yeah. Uh, the DLR band album. Oh, that's why. Okay. Cause I this remember Skyscraper. This, this album is awesome, Todd. Edmund Smile. So, so this guy. I have it. You got it for me, actually. Yeah. This guy actually went to the back of the cassette for David Lee Roth. Right. Uh, Edmund Smile, I think it was. 
So it sees the address. Writes a bunch of music. Sends it to that address. Right. Roth calls him up. With, with he leaves his phone number. And Roth calls him up. Right. Come on down to the house. <laughs> he comes down. And he says, okay, let's record this album. But he was already recording with somebody else, some other band. So they had to record. They had to. I think they had to record at five in the morning or something. Oh, really? Five till like eleven. And he did the album. He basically wrote the whole album with David Lee Roth. Wow. From sending a tape in the in the mail. <laughs> anyway, so he went on from that to play for Marilyn Manson. Okay. To play for Rob Zombie. Right. To play for. Um, now is he a session or studio musician? Um, he eventually became a bit of that, yeah. He's like a hired gun. He was a kind of a hired gun. Um, okay, what's his name? Marilyn Manson named him. <laughs> oh, so his name is John Five. John Five? Yeah. Like fingers? Why. Five fingers? I guess so. So he played with Marilyn Manson, and he was kicked out of the band because he wouldn't he would, didn't take drugs. Oh. So he pretty much kicked out for being boring. <laughs> then he joined Katie Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, That's from one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else did he play with? I'm trying to see her. It's not really listing. Is so he's a pretty. Well-rounded. He's well-rounded. He can play any... His his big love was Eddie Van Halen growing up. Right. I'm trying to see what else he did. Uh, he he played on an Albert... Oh, yeah. He played with... Um, he played for the guys on um, uh, Leonard Skinner. He played, he played with them. Oh. Um, he, he played with Albert Lee, the, the blues guy. Right. I think uh kind of yeah, he's got a wide range of repertoire obviously um he also played with that guy from um cory taylor he, he he's a session guy he's played with like a gazillion people for some reason it's not listing everything here right um but anyway amazing guitarist and now he's on his own he just played at the pyramid and i was like i don't know i don't know the guy that plays for rob zombie i could care less I mean, I like Rob Zombie, but I always thought the guitar work was the least interesting part of the music, right? Right. But after hearing this, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> I think I like this guy. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. He played with Paul Stanley. He played with Sebastian Bach. He played with Steven Adler. Uh, he played with Bearware of the Darkness. He played with Ace Frehley, and he played with Steve Perry. Wow. So all this, this by just, just going to the back of the albums and going, well, I'm going to send my music here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. But you can hear all those styles in his album. You can hear, oh, this sounds industrial, like ministry. Right. This sounds like Rob Zombie. Uh, this sounds like Jerry Reed. This sounds like he's like he's done it all. Like he can mold in anywhere. Yeah. Amazing guy. Wow. Give him a yeah. cigar box guitar, see what he does. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> slide. He plays. Uh, he does a lot of. He does a lot of stuff online where just like YouTube stuff. He's interviewed and he always has his guitar. He sleeps with his guitar type of guy. Right. And he's just amazing. I think we should cap it off there, sir. Wow. Okay. Three episodes. There we go. <laughs> All right.
All right. Then. Enough, I got a birthday party to go to. All righty. All right. We'll see you guys on the flip side. See ya. Bye.